Welcome into the Hodges Huddle. I'm Nathan Long. I'm joined today by Ronald Riggs, Jordan Dove, and Tyler Viso. How you doing today, gentlemen? I could be better. <laughs> Me too. Jordan, how you doing? I'm good. I don't know what you're talking about, Ronald. You could be better. <laughs> Tyler. Good. Well, I'm doing? all right. Can't complain. Oh, I can complain. Yeah, <laughs> and we will for the first couple minutes of this podcast. Today we'll be uh, talking generally about Super Bowls. The main part of the show is we'll be ranking the five greatest Super Bowls in, all our, in our opinions. But before that, we have to get into the game that happened on Sunday. Gentlemen, why were we so wrong? Ronald? Oh, man. Well... One of my keys, I believe, I said that it was going to be important for the Chiefs' offensive line to do really good against the Bucks' defensive line, and they did the exact opposite of that. And that was your result for 60 minutes. Jordan? Some nights you just can't get into a rhythm. And mm-hmm. when you got a good defense going against you, putting pressure on you all night, you can't you can't get into a rhythm and can't figure anything out. That's exactly what the Buccaneers' defense, defensive line did to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs all day long. Just completely came in with a good game plan and just you know looked at film and shut down their offense. Tyler? Okay, when you have two tackles out against arguably the best defense you, you were going to play all season, mm-hmm. that was definitely the two best teams playing. The Chiefs didn't look like it. And on top of that, Tyree Kill missed one that went through his hands and hit oh. him in the face mask. Uh, Travis Kelsey dropped one or two easily catchable balls. And then on the other one, when Patrick Mahomes made literally one of the best like athletic moves I've ever seen, and that guy hits him in the face mask too, and you don't get a touchdown all night. It was never going to go your way. The ball never bounced your way the whole night. It was horrific. It was uh, – couldn't believe it. Every time a ball went through a receiver's hands, I'm just thinking, if they're playing the Saints, they catch that. That's going right into their hands. They're scoring a touchdown. They're winning the game. Can you guys educate me on something really quick? What was wrong with Patrick Mahomes? Because I saw... He had a toe injury that needed surgery. He got surgery. I think he's getting it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they kept saying, like, when are you getting your surgery? And you're like, "Uh, it didn't really affect me. I didn't know what he was talking about. I had no idea that was going on during the game. But anyway... Got to really respect Pat for going out there and still playing. Mm -hmm. Um, Trying to have his flu game, I guess you could say. Probably injured or sick in Jordan's case. But um, this game, I think, was really decided by, as y'all mentioned, just the awful tackle play from the Chiefs. And they were without both their starters. They were without one of them for basically the whole season and then one of the, the other one just recently. And um, it was quite apparent early. They, I mean, the first drive, they got to him constantly. Patrick Mahomes was picking up first downs with his legs. Um, do y'all agree that was the biggest matchup that really determined how this game played out, uh, Ronald? Um, I want to say yes, but at the same time, the Chiefs secondary did them no favors at all. But Brady had his way with that defense all night long, and the running game just demolished the Chiefs defensive line as well. So mm-hmm. I want to say yes, but at the same time, Chiefs defense had a big role to play in this game too. Jordan? Yeah, I didn't expect the uh, the Chiefs defense to come out as flat as it did. Um, That definitely played a factor. But ultimately, no, I, I would say it was definitely uh, the, the Chiefs O-line situation really, really determined this game because, uh, like I said at the very beginning, the Chiefs could not get into a rhythm all night when normally, you know, they they figure out, you know, how they're going to play the game in the first quarter. And it was just, com- it, it was completely different than the regular season game they played a few months ago. Tyler? The fact of the matter is that Patrick Mahomes was running for his life the entire game. He did not really get a clean pocket look the whole night. 
and he was running for his life the whole time. And yeah, the Chiefs defense looked flat. They also looked like they didn't have a single plan mm-hmm. to stop Tom Brady when that guy literally has been to more Super Bowls than your entire franchise and most franchises. That guy's beaten everybody. Everybody, every time, doesn't matter. And you didn't have, you had two weeks to prepare and you didn't come with a, a solid game plan that you believed in because the first drive they stopped him and I was watching the game. I was like, man, that's pretty good. And then after a while, like playoff Lenny, man, the shout out LSU, mm-hmm. he dominated you. And he, they, the run game beat him all night. It was terrible. Yeah, I said early in the season, like, you look at this Chiefs secondary, it's not very talented. And I think it's clear that throughout the year they were playing better than what they really were. And they go up against an elite quarterback and they crumble. Um, and it doesn't help when your offense is doing literally nothing because now you, you're under even more pressure to, to get stops and they just couldn't do it. Uh, that sucks to see for Tyran Matthew because second favorite LSU player of all time. And, you know, they'll probably be back next year anyway with another chance. So with that win, Tom Brady picks up his seventh Super Bowl. He gets yet another MVP. Uh, we're all in agreement he's now officially the GOAT, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Hurts to say, but I, I have to say it's true. But he did win the MVP. But besides him, can you tell me who your MVP for the Bucks were was, Ronald? Probably have to be Devin White. And... Not only did he have an interception that game, but, I mean, as the linebacker, you're responsible for, you know, getting the calls into your D-line, making sure they're straight. And the D-line was, you know, a huge part in this game for the Buccaneers to win it. So, Devin White. Jordan? Yeah, uh, this one might surprise you guys, but Rob Gronkowski played very well. You're talking about six catches, uh, almost 70 yards. Um, Biggest biggest reason, two touchdowns, both came early. Um, early in the first half and really set the tone for the rest of the game. I think he, I mean, he was dominant the whole time. Did not expect him to have as big of a game as he did, but Gronk really, really came out to play. He did not look like a corpse, which he did for much of the season. No, he did not. <laughs> Tyler. Saved his best for last. If I had to give, if you could give multiple awards, I would give it to the Bucks secondary because they made Tyreek Hill a non-factor the entire game. The entire Bucks defense played phenomenal. And obviously your secondary looks better when your defensive line is literally chasing Patrick Mahomes at all moments. Mm-hmm. But they made Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and all those guys look like a non-factor. Like they didn't belong on the same field as them. And I thought they played lights out the whole game. Full 60 minutes, dominated whole time. My MVP. I'm going with Ronald's choice, Devin White, and I am wholly biased, but he was all over the field. I mean, he is an athletic freak. He just does everything for that Tampa defense. He makes a run game on the edge basically impossible because him and Levante David are just too athletic. They'll always get to the edge and stop that. Um, And if a silver lining I can take from watching the worst franchise in NFL history win their second Super Bowl, 39% winning percentage, that is so bad. But... Winning their second Super Bowl is at least Devin White played good, you know? At least he was a good player. You know, he was a great player at LSU, and I can take solace in the fact that we produce some of the best talent in the NFL. All the LSU guys played pretty solid in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You can't you can't be too mad. Clyde had a couple big runs, but you knew the run game wasn't gonna be big. Clyde looked good early. Clyde and they did kinda look good they kinda early. went away from him for obvious reason. Cause you can't you couldn't bank on the run all night. Because they you I mean, that front seven is ferocious. Yeah. That was something we were talking about too on the last pod. Is like all the guys from LSU. You know, they're it's it's not like they're counting like 
anyone who's like deep on the bench or you know because yeah. no one is. Everyone's out there, you know. Yeah, Daryl Daryl Williams get, is getting reps. Kevin yes. Minter is a, is a captain. Everyone's a big factor. Yeah, I I agree. So you know, at least that's good to see. Uh, let's talk about something more controversial that I saw on Twitter. What are y'all thoughts on the halftime show, Ronald? I'm actually a big week the weekend fan, and I actually loved it. Jordan, <laughs> right there with you, Ron. I'm a I'm a huge uh, weekend fan, and um, you know most years I don't watch the halftime show. Had to watch it this year because I'm just such a big fan. I thought he put on a good show. Tyler, y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> You're kidding me. That that show was dude. That halftime show was weird. I did nah. not like it. I was just they had the guy the ghosts with the red eyes. I didn't like that. Then they had all the people on the field with the weird face mask on. No. Wasn't a fan. That's part of the aesthetic. It's so him. That's part of the aesthetic. It's it's so him. Like yeah. <laughs> nope, didn't like you, it. Like that, well, that was the I did I did not watch it. I uh went and got on my laptop and played video games because I was like, I'm not, I'm not watching the halftime show. I knew I knew it was gonna be weird. I like too. Week, I, I like the weekend, but I'm just I wasn't very interested in the halftime show. Um, I've seen some of the screenshots, and I, I have to agree with Tyler. It looks pretty weird. <laughs> I check I, it out. It's like but 15 I, but minutes. I can't, yeah, but I can't, I can't say it's bad for, for sure. Uh, and The weekend's good, so you know maybe his musical ability will make up for the weirdness. His singing was amazing. Don't get that wrong. His singing was amazing, but man, like some of the, some of the choices in the gold room with the spinning, no. Not a fan. Couldn't, couldn't do it. He had a good set list, too. I really like the songs he picked. Well, he has, a, he has a deep catalog. Oh, yeah. This is a sports podcast, not a music podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Although, shout-outs to The weekend. But we will move on and do what the main part of this show is about, and that's ranking the top five Super Bowls to ever be played. We are going to start at five and head down to one. I hope we all have the same first overall. Who dat? Uh, but we will start at five. Ronald, what is your fifth best Super Bowl? For me, it would be Super Bowl forty-two. Hmm. Fifth. Interesting. Yes. Undefeated Patriots against the underdog Giants, who had been underdogs all the way through, starting off in Tampa at the wild card, then working their way in. And, you know, the most famous play of that game, helmet catch, Tyree. of course. David Tyree, which the play before that, Asante Samuel would have, he dropped what would have been a game-stealing interception. And that play got the Giants down to the Patriots' territory, which they then scored a touchdown to win the game and stopped the Patriots' undefeated season. Yeah, I think that's probably got the best storyline of any Super Bowl ever. It was low scoring, though, so I guess some people do find it a little boring. Uh, but... I mean, the David and Goliath aspect of it is just so interesting. I mean, if they win that game, the Patriots are considered the greatest. That season's Patriots, 2007 Patriots, considered the greatest team of all time. Miami, what's it, 72 Miami Dolphins eat your heart out. Hmm. Uh, but uh, Eli Manning decided to be clutch because he just does that randomly. It's really weird. Jordan, who's fifth on your list? The, my fifth best Super Bowl of all time is actually a Super Bowl twenty five. You have the uh, you have the Buffalo Bills going against the New York Giants, the the New York Super Bowl. Um, you know, at the at the time, the Bills were you know starting to really come up with that K gun offense. They're the highest scoring offense in the league. Heavy heavy favorites in that Super Bowl. And uh, the Giants, you know, they were without Phil Simms in that game. Had Jeff Hostetler. Um, it was actually Bill Parcells' last game coaching for the Giants. Um, and uh, Bill Belichick was the defensive coordinator in that game too. He put a, he put together a great game plan to stop the Buffalo Bills. Giants won the time possession, and 
to this day, it's still the closest Super Bowl yeah. ever. Um, Only one point victory ever. Twenty to nineteen. Uh, that was the that was the final score because of Scott Norwood's uh, wide, wide right, right kick. Yeah, that at was... the end that could have won Buffalo uh, their first Super Bowl ever. But a great Super Bowl it was down in Tampa. I think they. Uh, Otis Anderson was the running back. He was the uh, he was the MVP, but a great great game even to this day. The two five defense that was what Belichick ran, and he let uh, mm-hmm. he let the who was the running back for the Bills that year? Thurman he, Thomas. Yeah, he Thomas. let they let Thurman Thomas run wild, and they wouldn't let Jim Kelly throw. Mm-hmm. All right, mine was the name Broadway Joe Namath. I picked Super Bowl <laughs> three when the Baltimore Colts were a heavy favorite, and he went in and said. We're going to beat the Colts, and then he did, and solidified that man's career. They won 16-7 to in a very low-scoring game. Joe Namath really didn't do that much, but he said, we're going to beat the Colts, and then he beat the Colts, and that's how he got the nickname. I guarantee. Soul to soul. I guarantee. Yeah. Exactly. Soul to soul. I, uh, I'm going <laughs> yes. to I'm gonna have to agree with you here, Tyler. That's my fifth-best Super Bowl. And I think, you know, looking at it, the Jets had a 16-0 lead late. It doesn't look great, but the fact that it was a dominating win by the Jets is what's so impressive when you take into the narrative of the fact that the AFL was still considered, you know, little brother. I mean, Colts were heavy favorites for a reason. People forget because the Colts are in the AFC now. They were one of the teams that flipped over to the uh, to the AFC from the NFC or NFL at the time. Uh, that was the Colts. I think the Browns and the Steelers as well, I think, mm-hmm. were also the other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, just the narrative around it is what makes it so special. Um, it's especially weird to see that Johnny Unitas wasn't starting because he had gotten hurt uh, earlier into the season, and uh, they replaced him with early morale, who threw three picks in that game and eventually said, screw it, we're putting Johnny Unitas, mm-hmm. hobbled Johnny Unitas Valiant back in the effort. game, and he threw the only touchdown that they had yeah. that game. Valiant effort. Ronald, number four. <sighs> Y'all are going to kill me for this one, but Super Bowl forty four. Okay. This hurts. This hurts, Ronald. Super Bowl 44, and um, I got it at four because while it's probably the greatest sporting memory I have to date, it's really it really is a great Super Bowl. Um, onside kick to start the second half. Tracy Portis picks six. And my all-time favorite play from the Super Bowl was um, scores 6-10. Saints have the ball. Breeze throws a screen pass to Pierre Thomas, mm-hmm. and he takes it in like that. That's my favorite play of that game. And, yeah, I have it number four. That's an obscure favorite play, but Wait, I like it. You're forgetting about the Lance Moore two-point conversion? That play yeah, was they, incredible. Oh yeah, they kicked it out, called it a uh, couple years later. The they don't call that a catch either, so Dude, we got lucky. That was like that was one of the best plays of that game. How do you forget about that That one? play was yeah. awesome. In that re- was amazing. Ambush. In I mean, real time, I was like, that's not a catch. Yeah, yeah. but it when took, you like, see it, repl- like, yeah. really slow. I was like, that was oh, awesome. he got in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was That's one of the best memories of that game. That and the onside kick are my two favorites. You cannot beat that moment. It was yeah. awesome. Or the you know, pick six. I mean, there were so pick many great was, moments. Pick six was just icing on the cake, though. Yeah. Like, exactly. that was like, that was when you knew, you, that was when it was ball game. That was the picturesque moment <laughs> that they put on all the newspapers. And you had Garrett Hartley setting the record for most 40 uh, plus long field goals in a game. I still, I still call that Super Bowl one of, if not the best. Um, Super Bowl like the teams right because mm-hmm. the Saints had started out thirteen and zero, the Colts started out fourteen and zero, like two very very talented. Really, really, teams both teams up. were like, like four- two number one seeds, and they they should have been fourteen and two and fifteen and one. But last week, both teams sat their mm-hmm. starters. So. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm a little disappointed, Ronald, but I get where you're coming <laughs> from. If I wasn't biased, I probably would rate it lower, <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> number four uh, for me was actually one that Ronald already mentioned: uh, Super Bowl forty two. Between uh, New York and another uh, New York Giants win, um, 
you said earlier, Nathan, um, one of probably the best storyline going into the Super Bowl is like everyone's focused on New England. Are they going to go nineteen and zero? You know, be the first undefeated team in the sixteen game era. And um, a few weeks, a few weeks before this, the Giants and the Patriots had played an amazing game that the Patriots had escaped, and people were like, "Well, maybe the Giants can make it close again." And they had won the game. Most of the game, it was like seven to three. It was a very low scoring. And then that fourth quarter happened, one of the one of the best quarters ever. And Manning's famous uh, last drive, you know, it hits David Tyree, Plexico Burris, amazing Super Bowl. Nothing more I can say because Ronald already mentioned, but um, fourth best Super Bowl ever in my opinion. Tyler. Uh, I put up um, Super Bowl Forty Nine Seahawks Patriots pick on the goal line because that was one of the craziest games that like I physically remember the whole time and also like one of the most controversial endings with the way the Seahawks decided to throw and like it became a meme and like that and people forget about uh was it Jermaine Curse I'm pretty sure it was mm-hmm. yeah, caught that crazy that ball was even put there I thought it was over and he and he juggled it and then he caught it and one of the craziest catches I've ever seen. And then Malcolm Butler literally coming up, just one of the craziest Super Bowl endings you've ever seen. He was I, a literally nobody before that. Yeah, and then he and then the Saints wanted him. That one play got him a giant contract with the Titans. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. That was that's definitely number four for me. That's one of the best Super Bowls I, I like. I can really recall watching. That's probably my number six on my list. I mean, that was just such a special game, uh, with probably. Top three most memorable moments in a Super Bowl? I'd say it's up there. I'd say Tyree's catch is, in, in my opinion, the most iconic Super mm-hmm. Bowl play ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my number four is Super Bowl 25. Same as your number five. That game was great. It was a close game, one of the closest, the closest of all time. Had one of the most iconic uh, Super Bowl screw ups with uh, Scott Norwood missing that uh, kick wide right. It started the Bills collapse i guess you could say in the super bowl mm-hmm. they would uh lose four straight and um another interesting fact i found out looking on wikipedia first super bowl to not have either team commit a, ter- a turnover wow cool yeah yeah it's well, the first packed. one ever it took them 25 tries yeah the, the time of possession <laughs> in that game was insane like the giants held the ball like basically the whole game yeah <laughs> all right we're well, moving on to number three well uh, my number three greatest Super Bowl ever would be Super Bowl 38, which featured the Carolina Panthers and the New England Patriots. Um, <clears throat> I have it at three because, not sure if you guys noticed, but I'm from the uh, Lafayette area, and the quarterback for the Panthers at that time was Jake DeLome, who graduated from University of Louisiana Lafayette. And the Panthers had actually went 1-15 before that Super Bowl, and they went right there into the uh, Super Bowl after that year. And... Their whole playoff run was good. They called them the Cardiac Cats, I think. And it was just a good game. And I remember Brady, they got the ball after Casey kicked it out of bounds, got good field position, and that's how the Patriots' first half of the dynasty kicked off. Mm-hmm. Jordan, it's your number three. Uh, for me, number th- number three is actually a Super Bowl Forty Nine uh, with Seattle and New England, which we, we've already talked about. One of the craziest sequences starting with when Seattle you know scores to put him up 10 and Sherman's on the sideline doing the 2-4 no one knows if it meant they had 24 points or if he was calling out Darrell Rivas no one knows but after that New England scores uh, 14 unanswered to go up for Seahawks they're still in it Jermaine Curse's crazy catch they hand it off to Marshawn Lynch on first and goal looks like he scores he's just short 
and then the famous Malcolm Butler interception. Mm-hmm. One of, and then the fight. Uh, they kneel it, and yeah. then they, they start fighting. One of the craziest sequences to ever end a Super Bowl. Um, it will go down as one of the one of the most classic games for years to come. Ticked off the second half of the Patriots dynasty as well. Just yes. like how, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Super Bowl 38 kicked off the first part of it. Yeah. Tyler? So my number three is Super Bowl 42. And we've been talking about that one a bunch because the David Tyree catch is also one of those that I've just seen a thousand times. And it's such a a picturesque moment. And it also starts with, like, Eli Manning, you think he's about to get sacked, and then he pulls out of it, and he just chunks a Hail Mary, basically. That was a prayer that he sends up, and David Tyree just comes down with it. Classic David and Goliath. Eli Manning was the Patriots slayer in that era. Mm -hmm. And Patriots being undefeated, just trying to chase after that Dolphins team, and still never did it. And that that was a good Super Bowl for sure. So that's my number three. Yeah, I'm sticking with you on that because I have Super Bowl 42 at my number three as well. Not much that can be said. We've already said a bunch. So I guess we will just move on to number two. Ronald, what's your number two? So my number two was actually my number one before my number one was played. My number two is Super Bowl 43. Uh, 43. Steelers versus Cardinals. That is a good. That is a great one. That is that one is, I did. I was thinking about I forgot that. about that. That's yeah. the because it's got the longest play, huh? Yeah, James Harrison. Yard, James Harrison touchdown, and also my favorite play from that game would be um, Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald to put them up by I think four, to put them up, and then right after that, you think the Cardinals are about to win it. Big Ben leads them down. Santonio Holmes, that great catch in the yeah. end zone. Yeah, that's that, a good one. That was a. That was one of my probably earliest, like, vivid, like, memories uh, from starting to watch football at that age. I remember 42 pretty well. Uh, but that, that game was just so incredible. I really thought the Cardinals were finally going to do it, finally win a Super Bowl. You know, being, I believe, technically the oldest franchise yep. in the NFL. 120 years. Yep. They, what, started in St. Louis or Chicago? They started in Chicago. 1890. I thought they were finally going to win a, a Super Bowl, and then... Of course, San Antonio Holmes is going to San Antonio Holmes. <laughs> Jordan? My number two is actually probably going to be you guys' number one, and that's Super Bowl 51. That's that's my, that's my the second best Super Bowl in my opinion. Um, what do I need to say about this? 28-3, to three, uh, 31 unanswered points by New England, Edelman's catch, Julio's catch that should have ended it. Um, something that still stands out in my mind, like the whole game I'm watching this, I was actually rooting for New England in that game. And they score a few times. I'm like, okay, they've scored, but there's not enough time left. You know, Atlanta's going to kick a field goal or something. Never did it. Never did it. MVP Matt Ryan, Tom Brady trying to win um, five Super Bowls, which would have been the most for a quarterback, and he did it. Um, Tremendous game. And and like 49, it'll it'll go... It'll be a classic for years and years to come. Mm-hmm. Tyler? So my number two was Super Bowl 34, greatest show on turf versus the Titans. Just Great overall, game. that solidified Kurt Warner's career mm-hmm. and got him to the Hall of Fame because he doesn't win that Super Bowl. You kinda, it's you, a little more questionable. Around. It is more questionable. And the Dyson the Dyson stopped at the one with about yeah, like sure. an inch mm-hmm. left. One of the greatest defensive plays. One of the craziest things ever. Mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And just watching that, is like that was so that goes my number two. I think that that was that was one of, and the greatest show on turf. Mm-hmm. Man, that was a great name. Lost by a yard. Yeah, one literally. of the biggest cliches in sports or in football is it's a game of inches. And mm-hmm. in that game, it literally was. Yeah, I mean, 
He that's, gets tackled a little bit further forward. That's a touchdown. I mean, he pushes that. He pushes that just an inch, and I mean, he breaks the plane. That's yeah. game over. Interesting yeah. about that that Rams team, and that it was all about the offense the whole year, right? Mm-hmm. Record setting points and everything, but it was the defense that ended up winning the game for him in the end. And that's crazy because, like, you talk to the players on that team, and they'll say like the one team that didn't win it was better than the ninety nine team mm-hmm. that did. I say I would probably agree with that. I, I'd like I, I'd like to go and say too Super Bowl thirty six where the Rams returned and played mm-hmm. the Patriots. Honorable mention for me. It Great was game. right yeah, outside same. my mm-hmm. top five. Same. Right Great outside. Game. Literally came down to the buzzer. Mm-hmm. Well, my number two is the same as Jordan's Super Bowl fifty one. Um, I am entirely biased. I will admit, but even taking out my Saints fandom. Watching the Falcons collapse. I mean, it was still an incredible game without that. I mean, it's the largest comeback ever in a Super Bowl. Before that, it was 10 points. And it was done by the Saints. It was done by, I believe, the at the time Washington Redskins did it. And the Patriots did it in 49. Um, so to come back from 28 is just wholly incredible to me. And uh, I just want to know what Kyle Shanahan was thinking when Julio made that catch. Why are you not running the ball three times and kicking a field goal? You have a money ki- field goal kicker. You have, okay, Devontae Freeman isn't sure-handed, but he probably wouldn't fumble if he, he knew that his his career depended on it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll i be honest, though. This is so high mostly because of my Saints fandom. I just love watching the Falcons collapse, and I can't help myself. It was a great game. It was like, a great game. No matter though, who like, would have yeah. played the Falcons. Like, anybody would rank game. it in like, the top ten at least, most probably top five as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, Ronald, your top Super Bowl. So my number one is you guys as number two, Super Bowl 51. I mean, it's just, I just remember Patriots going down 28-3. Robert Alford, he uh, picks six as Brady. Brady's just on the ground trying to tackle him. Then he goes to the bench. His head is down. Everybody's counting him out. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, this game's over. And I just remember, like, the score being 20-28. I'm like, all right, well, even they score right here. They got to get to two, and they got the two. And, like, every time you think New England, like, they weren't gonna come back. Like they just kept getting closer and closer. And that Edelman catch, like I don't like. You guys always say the Julio catch, but I really think the Edelman catch was honestly bit better than that yes, one. Yes, it, it was, was bigger in terms of the game for sure. It was though. better too. Yeah, mm-hmm. skill wise, <laughs> it's much harder to catch a ball that's on the ground than a ball that like when you're six four. It's easy to catch it like right here. The more impressive of Julio's catch is just his footwork. Getting both feet in yep. bounds. That was the really impressive part of what Julio did. Also, did you know that uh, Robert Alford went to Southern? Yeah. I Damn. thought it was Southeastern. No, it was Southeastern. I think it was Southeastern. Southeastern. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I knew he was from Louisiana, though, and he had like one of the longest pick sixes in NFL yeah. history, and that guy was just out of Louisiana. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. so interesting. Yeah, I turned off that game at 28-3, and then I was driving home. I checked my phone, just checked Bleacher Report. What's the score update? I was like, 28-20. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and I like rushed inside and turned on the TV and watched the end of that game. That was just an incredible experience to watch. I don't know if you guys ever watched the mic'd up for the for Super oh, Bowl 51. Mm-hmm. That one's good. So awesome. In, early in the third quarter, Julian Edelman is sitting next to Tom Brady and says, it'd be a heck of a story. Mm-hmm. That's what he tells him. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, they're then, down big. And then Muhammad Sanu says to, um, I think it's Julio, he's like, oh yeah, we're about to put 44 on him. And they don't score again. Oh, they were so confident. Mistakes were made. Stay positive. Jordan, what's your number one Super Bowl? Drum roll, please. Number one. This has been my number one for a long time. Super Bowl 43. I Mm, I was so pumped when Ronald put it number one. The Steelers and the Cardinals. What a great Super Bowl. The the storyline going in, Kurt Warner's comeback, 
obviously. Larry Fitzgerald, who to this day, that's probably the best uh, playoff run any receiver has ever had. He tore it up. Steelers trying to get back on top with Mike Tomlin, who I think was in his second year. And then let's talk about the game. You have two plays that are probably top five, top ten all-time NFL history. The Santonio Holmes catch, the James Harrison 100-yard pick six. Two, like, iconic great plays that will probably never be replicated. Another thing, Cardinals down 20-7 to in the fourth. Game's over. You know, they're a 9-7 team. They gave it their best shot. They come back in a few minutes and put up, like, 16 unanswered, capped off by two Fitzgerald touchdowns. And then we're thinking, man, the Cardinals are going to do it. First title in almost 100 years. And then what what makes the greatest Super Bowls? A final drive. Mm-hmm. Big Ben drives him down. And that Santonio Holmes toe-tap toe, uh, toe catch uh, seals that they win 27-23. It's been it's been my number one Super Bowl for a long time. I think the storyline, the game itself, great Super Bowl. Tyler, so mine was Super Bowl Fifty One, and I think some of the crazy things about that is just like also being a Saints fan, watching the Falcons lose was amazing. It wasn't just that they lost; it, it was, was that they just they, they crumbled from within, just absolutely imploded, like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. And just to think about it, like twenty eight to three is a monumental number. Like, when you think about, like, if you're down 28-3, to three, thinking the game's over is probably in your best interest. And mm-hmm. also, people forget that, like, that game went to overtime. And, like, uh, James White ran that thing in, and he had, like, how many yards? James White had a bunch of yards that game. He played game. the game of his life. He played the absolute game of his life, earned himself a contract, which is still crazy to me that James White, like, the, the amount that the Patriots could plug and play that's a whole different podcast, though. They can mm-hmm. plug and play anybody, and they were so good. Mm-hmm. But that was definitely number one. Just 28-3 to three and watching them collapse was one of the best memories I've ever had. And when they had the lead, too, late uh, in the third. So yeah, it was, third. Third. it was so bad. Three minutes left in the third, late right? Late in the third quarter. That was I've bad. got that ingrained in my head because people wear T-shirts with this. Yeah, oh, I yeah. ordered one, and <laughs> it got lost meme. in the mail. What's that? I, I ordered one, and it got lost in the mail. Oh, please order another one. I don't please. need to. <laughs> please. Yeah, no. That was, I mean, that was an incredible game, but I am totally biased. My number one is Super Bowl 44 with the Saints defeating the favored Colts 31-17. to um, That game was really boring in the first half, I guess you would say, especially from a Saints perspective. They could only manage field goals. Um, granted, Garrett Hartley decided he wanted to be good that day. He'll have those random good days. That was true. But the second half is really where things exploded. That's where a lot of those iconic plays happened. Uh, obviously, Tracy Porter pick six, one of the most iconic defensive moments in any Super Bowl ever. Uh, Tracy Porter will never have to buy himself a drink in New Orleans ever again because of that one play and the play he made two weeks before against Minnesota. What a sick haircut he was rocking he that day, really, too. And he was pointing at it when yeah, he was holding the trophy. The prediction. Oh, my Lord. That was awesome. Also, just one of the absolute gutsiest calls ever made in the Super Bowl, the yeah. onside kick to start the second half. I don't think there's been a gutsier. That was you know the what? gutsiest I, call ever. in Super Bowl history. I, I no wanted to bring that up, too. Who had more guts than Sean Payton on that day. No, no one. <laughs> he was not. Dude, he knew. No he one. knew that like New Orleans needed that Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. he was just like, he knew it, and he never let it down. That's why that guy deserves a lifetime contract, in my opinion. He's yeah. so good. And what he did, I mean, you come out, and you go into halftime, and you're losing, and you're like, we're going to kick this onside to start the game. And to get it is, like, to do it is one thing, because it's crazy. To get it 
makes you a genius. And just the fact that he did that is one of the craziest things known to man. Imagine being Thomas Morstead on that play. I mean, you're a rookie. You're 22 years old. Yeah. You're, it's your first Super Bowl. It's in your first season. You're going up against the guy who is, you know, the other great rookie punter from that draft, which was Pat McAfee, funnily enough. But, I mean, I can't imagine what's going through his head as he's lining up for that kick. Like, oh, my Lord, I am going to either live on as a Saints legend or I'm going to be one of the biggest, like, jokes people make about the Saints ever if, I, if we don't get this here. And, it, hey, the kick didn't go perfectly. Uh, it hit off his helmet. Harper was the one who was supposed to get it, if I remember. Yeah, it hit off Hank Basket, and then Chris Reese had it. But Chris Jonathan, Reese. I, wait, did Chris it, Reese get it or Jonathan? It was Chris it. Reese. It was Chris yeah. Reese. Yeah, I remember because I watched the uh, – Greatest game about it, and they interviewed Chris yeah. Reese because he got the. It uh, took the refs like almost two minutes to yeah. try and figure out who got it. Yeah, and it was remember... genius by Saint by by Sean Payton. He made sure they kicked it towards their sideline mm-hmm. because he wanted to make sure that you know the people in the refs' ears were the Saints and not the Colts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Craziest call ever. Never get over that one. Yeah, the Lance I, still the Lance more two point conversion though. That's still him diving catch. out like that. Because, like, nowadays, you'd never get that call. But the fact that it was just the Saints' day to get that call made it ten times better. Yeah, I remember one of my favorite sports memories ever was I was upstairs at a friend's house watching the game, and everyone else is down downstairs watching the game with a big party, and their, our TV didn't have a cable box, so there was less of a delay. So the Tracy Porter pick six happens, and we come screaming out of our room about ten minutes before or 10 seconds before it hits the TV, and they're, like, seeing us freak out. Like, what, what's wrong? What's wrong? And then all of a sudden it happens on TV, and it was just incredible. Mm. Yeah. So any Super Bowls you would consider the worst all time? Let's move on to the worst. If you don't have any, I mean, I have, just, just I have a us. couple. Uh, Super Bowl 50 for me. Really? Okay. Personally, I liked it, but overall, it was not a good game. Panthers choked that day, man. They really did. Cam Newton played. They were seventeen and one. Oh, and he wouldn't. Game. And when you remember when he wouldn't dive on the ball, and everybody kept asking him about it, and he kept getting mad yeah, at he, the post game. He got up from his interview and left. Mm. That was that was just a beautiful performance by the Broncos defense, and just yeah. a terrible performance by the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. That was the year when they would dab every time. Do you remember yep. that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They like they thought they were so cool. The yeah, that brings days. me back to high school. Yeah, yeah, the yeah no. days. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carolina Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think one of the worst, in my opinion, is is Super Bowl forty eight, and I don't think many people would disagree with me there. That that game was awful from the first snap. Thirty six to nothing at one point. Yeah. Th- oh, when the yeah. first snap of the game is over the head of Peyton Manning. That's pretty bad. And in in the end zone for a safety. Oof. Yeah, that game was bad. Any yeah. others y'all want to? Well, this past Super Bowl was pretty bad, in pretty my good. opinion. Mm-hmm. I'd throw that one up there. I mean, when literally the guy who is supposed to be the next coming of Tom Brady uh, doesn't get in the end zone, that's pretty bad. That was a very lackluster Super Bowl that had a lot of hype about being like like old versus new, Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, two prolific offenses, yeah. two good defenses, and then nothing. Yeah, could put. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, not a great game. If you're talking about, like, if you're judging it by score, then Super Bowl twenty four is the worst Super Bowl Which ever. Which one was that? The uh, the 49ers beat the Broncos 55-10 oh, yeah. in the Superdome. Um, yeah. 89-49ers, one of the greatest teams of all time, going against a Denver team with John Elway, who had no help whatsoever. Yeah. Which is funny when you consider what happened at the tail end of his career, where he had so much help, and he yeah. was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrell Davis—that was Terrell Davis's team. Yeah. But yeah, if you're judging by score, Super Bowl twenty-four might be the worst. 
Montana yeah. had a field day that day. When didn't he in the Super Bowl? Oh, I That's know. Very true. He, was, he was great. Yeah, he was great. He was great. In the Super Bowl. Well, I think that wraps it up for well, today. There's one more. Oh, one more? Yeah, Super Go Bowl 53. Super Bowl 53, that was... Rams-Patriots. Oh, oh that of was course. a terrible oh, game. Oh, yeah, Oh, that's because none of us watched it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just bad because of, obviously, our personal bias. It was just a bad Super Bowl. And it, it wasn't good defense. It was bad offense. And yeah. there's a big difference. Yeah, like, I'm a big defensive football guy, and even I didn't enjoy it. Because you're right. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just bad offense. Punt after punt after punt. Like, Wait, you, you watched know, it, it? It wasn't good. Yeah, I watched it. Oh, oh I did not watch it. I remember oh, I was driving. I, I was thinking about the Saints the whole time. I was I was like, we'd be killing them right now, but... It was. It is what it is. Yeah, Didn't like, watch it. Like me and Ronald say, literally every day, 2018 was the year. Up in the South, yeah. 2018. Yeah, is that why you wear that all the I time? I was at yes. He wears he wears an yeah. NFC South championship. Oh, shirt I was all at the, the no call game, and I I lived it. And I just remember everybody walking out of the Superdome. Everyone's like, "We're not watching the Super Bowl." And the whole Superdome had basically had like a a, a pact to, to not watch the Super Bowl, and nobody watched it. Yeah, no. Nobody it had the lowest ratings it. in New Orleans for a Super Bowl in like four decades. It was insane. Mm. Oh, it was terrible. Mm. I didn't watch it straight mm-hmm. up. I think I may have watched the halftime performance because it was Travis Scott and he's supposed to do a SpongeBob thing. <laughs> oh, I, I remember that. But like, and then I he saw didn't that on do YouTube. it, and then I was like, all right, no, I don't want to watch anymore. Yeah, I saw Travis Scott's halftime show on YouTube, but I did not watch that. I've never, I've never watched a single play from that Super Bowl ever. I've never watched highlights or anything. Nothing. Their only good play was uh, when when Brady threw to Gronkowski. Like long, it was like the longest play of the day, and it was like thirty five yards. Yeah. <laughs> and he got close to the end zone. That and Stephon Gilmore's interception. But I remember. That, I remember getting back to my apartment and being so proud of my two other roommates who also were not watching the game. They refused. Oh to yeah, watch no, it. we. I didn't let. Cause I'm the biggest sports fan in my friend group, and I was like, "Oh no, like we're not watching Super Bowl." Like, "Oh, it's Super Bowl Sunday." No, like no. I was like, "No, you're not watching it." I was like, Are you "I watched the Puppy Bowl." <laughs> I think yeah, I, just I never watched, watched TV. that. Sorry, you need to watch the Puppy Bowl. Never watch it. It's good stuff. I think I just watched TV that day. I might have went to bed early. I don't know. Just I was like, oh, "I'll just go to sleep." There's nothing on TV tonight anyway. So what a sad note to end a podcast on that Super Bowl, <laughs> but. Uh, we do have to end it here uh, for Ronald Riggs, for Jordan Dove, for Tyler Viso, for Nathan Long. This has been the Hodges Huddle. <laughs>